यू हैव बीन इन टू बिल्डिंग होम फॉर लास्ट थ्री फोर ईयर्स फॉर एंड हाफ वी गॉर अ डील फ्रॉम बोथ ऑफ दैम थ्रू शार्क टैंक There's 40% wastage in this market. The farmer who has like two acres of land throwing away almost one acre worth of crop. That kind of what drew us to the whole thing. Most people will not understand what it takes to build a big business. Supporting you is not the friends who put up a post when you do really well. It's the people who understand like why you're showing up two hours late, why you look dead. I think those are the friendships that last. The flower market makes up almost 5 lakhs of acres of production in India. The wastage is as high as 40%. Our guest Riya Kurituri started a business in the flower industry to reduce the wastage, but here we will not talk about her business Hovu as they appeared on Shark Tank, but what we will talk about here is why young Indians are choosing entrepreneurship, what drives them and what's the battle for women in entrepreneurship like. And I would also like to thank us Sponsors, Prime Venture Partners for sponsoring the show. Time to meet Ria. Hi Ria, welcome to the Neon Show. Hi Nancy, nice to be here. How are you feeling today? Good. Thank you so much for having me and having us share our Hubu story. You know, it's our pleasure. And you were in bank, and it's Saturday, <laughs> and uh, certainly you're not having any weekend, right? <laughs> yeah. I mean, I think from the August to November period, we don't really have any weekends at all. Just festive times. Yeah. So yeah, it's okay though. So uh, before we dive deep into the conversation I would uh, also want to share with our listeners how we got connected yeah uh, so we have a whatsapp group uh, all these female founders are part of that whatsapp group and we ask for help any kind of help if you want to hire or if any of your friend is looking for job you ask all kind of help in that group uh, so uh, part of my job I cold email to all these potential guests and reach out to them. So I wanted to have uh, Malvika from CCD. She is the CEO of CCD, and um, I really, uh, you know, respect her and wanted to bring her on the show. And I uh, messaged in the group if anyone is connected with her, and uh, Ria messaged me, yeah. and I really liked the way she uh, tried to help me out. And she said if I can share a brief message. for malvika and i shared a message and she shared that message with malvika and the kind of message i got from malvika yeah and i was just amazed uh, she not only you know she declined because uh, she thought this is not the good time for her to join the podcast but the way she appreciated our efforts and she congratulated us for the efforts we were putting and the launch and everything it was just amazing mm-hmm. and i really like the way you tried to help me out so No, I mean, thank you so much. No, I'm so glad. First of all, being on that group with yeah. all of those amazing female founders, I always felt like a little bit of an imposter. Yeah. I was like, I'll just keep quiet. Yeah. No one knows I'm here. But so wonderful to see them all interacting. Yeah. And then, of course, so um, Ishan Hegde and Amartya Hegde are our investors. So her sons. So that's how I kind of made the connection. And like, yeah, like you said, what a class act—the way that she responded. It was yeah, so amazing. It was so nice, and yeah. I'm happy to connect people if I can. You know, I I think uh, it's a privilege to be in that WhatsApp group. Yeah. And uh, I also try to find out a way to help everyone because you feel very small that oh my god, all yeah. these women are there, part of the group. How you yeah. can also contribute and add value to all of them? Yeah. So yes, uh, Ria, I um, read on your website that uh, your father's business 
territory business was once india's largest exporter of roses um, in the world yeah yeah so i want to know about uh, if you can share those days mm-hmm. like watching your father as a little girl mm-hmm. and building like he's building the business from scratch how were these those days yeah so actually our journey with roses starts pretty much from our childhood so my mom and my dad actually started together and they started with a small farm in chikpalapur in bangalore uh and it was in 94 so the same year that my sister yashoda was born. i was also born in 1994 oh nice <laughs> yeah so yeah that's how they started out and you know as kids there was really no separation between the so uh, we lived in this apartment which was right next to their office building so like we could look out of our window and see the office and we would often walk there after school and all that stuff uh and you know weekends our parents would be like road trip and they would take us to the farm yeah. <laughs> and then they would just be working the whole time yeah. um so it was really wonderful to see that journey and you know our parents kind of going to kenya and buying that farm i don't think they expected it let alone anyone else mm-hmm. and then becoming the world's largest rose cultivator and stuff like that um i think it was amazing like i think we saw the stress that they went through the you know the hardships and all the midnight calls and everything i remember my parents used to have a walkie talkie next to their bed you know back then and they would get a walkie talkie in the middle of the night be like the generator has like burst into flames and then they would like rush to the farms and stuff so it was crazy and you know as kids there's really nothing more that you can ask for like to be exposed to that much ambition and drive and hard work is such a in bangalore So we mostly grew up in Bangalore but we also lived in Ethiopia for a bit and then we used to travel to Kenya all the time and it was all uh, for the business yeah for my uh, for the business and both our parents worked actually so my uh, your mother was also into yeah so my mom and dad worked together and then my grandmom used to live with us so she would kind of be at home with us all the time um and yeah it was amazing and i remember when we were little kids like uh for our birthdays we would always go to the farm and you know distribute things and stuff like that and my granddad would always be like they, he would introduce you show then he'd be like this is the ceo you know she's going to take over and then he'd be like this is ria <laughs> you know because as the second but you know like from such a young age especially as girls to have someone be like this is a huge thing that your parents are building and like you better buck up so you can take care of it in the future like i think that was amazing um and yeah super proud of my parents till day so so uh, they were in india like in bangalore then they went to kenya and set up the farm so they were always uh yeah we got around they were always jet setting around um i remember so i have a younger sister she's 10 years younger and she was born when this whole madness was happening with ethiopia kenya and stuff and my dad would like feel so guilty because he was traveling so much he would buy her a toothbrush every time he went somewhere and i think she had like 60 toothbrushes <laughs> before she had enough teeth to brush yeah. you know so they were all over but uh one thing that they did really well is that they really prioritized like these are the boundaries that i'm not going to cross as a family so like every birthday they were always in town no matter like like what was happening in the world um and they always made sure that you know as much as possible they would take us with them as well so we were part of the journey and just out of curiosity i'm asking like uh, what were the early days for your father if you can remember like you yeah. were starting a business in 1994 and uh, an offline business what did he think and if mm. he ever shares that with you yeah we talk about it a lot now actually yeah. i think as kids you're just like oh my parents are doing something yeah um but so when you're small you don't appreciate those things yeah. then when you grow up and yeah kind of start 
understanding your parents uh, much better yeah and i think honestly starting huvu brought us a lot closer to our family like we thought not working in the family business would like be you know something that would uh, create distance but we understand what they went through now mm-hmm. kind of having our own baby and being obsessed with it uh, and every time we're like oh you know like two people having a relationship in the office and then there's the third person and all this stuff yeah. they're like oh we've done this hundreds of times mm-hmm. yeah which is nice but um when i was a kid actually yashna and i both would get asked all the time cuz we'd be like oh my dad sells roses cuz you know as a kid you don't know how to say it better and people would be like can you afford to be at this school <laughs> like what's going on so i don't think we really understood it then and my dad has this really nice story of how he was looking for roses for my mom and he couldn't find it so he started a farm the actual story i feel like i can say it now <laughs> it's been enough time uh my dad obsessively reads the news um and at that time he is actually applying for jobs in america but one day he came across this ad for a subsidy for this floriculture land uh it was being promoted by the government a lot back then and then he was like you know why not he had no experience at all and he just kind of jumped in with both feet and he doesn't come from business background he does come from a business background so my granddad also like was an entrepreneur My granddad actually started as a farmer and then he started like a cables business and he had like a pencil factory and yeah. he he just I think he just loved business more than any particular field so I think that gave my dad a lot of confidence as well um he wasn't working with the family business at all at that point he wanted to do something on his own um but yeah so then he just jumped into roses he was like you know I'm sure I can figure it out and he's like one of those people who's very curious like he loves learning new things So yeah he just today he knows everything about roses like we always say that's his fourth child you know like when he goes and he talks to his rose plants in the farm and still does that yeah and he like check every leaf and yeah. he'll know way ahead of time if any diseases are going to affect the greenhouse and stuff like that um so i think he just like really fell in love with what he was doing so this happened before or he got married with Kamada, like this happened before marriage or no no ninety four is when he started so uh-huh. yes that was just born so it was like I think two years into my parents being married and uh, how's your like I am very much curious uh, for uh, for like to know your relationship with your parents and your parents relationship with each other because mm-hmm. uh, I answer that we are also entrepreneurs and. Yeah. what it feels when you are co-founder also your wife also so yeah. how was your uh, how was their relationship as yeah so you know like parents often have like good cop bad cop my parents like took it way further than that where even in the office they would always do that so i kind of always like you know even as kids like we would just go and sit in the office and be doing homework yeah. or coloring book or whatever and then we would see you know our dad would be like so sweet and nice to people and then they would come to my mom to release the payments and she'd be like no she was like the stone wall she's like i need every receipt i need everything um but it was amazing you know like i it was never that my mom was working for my dad or my dad was working for my mom it was that they were truly partners in everything that they did um and you know one thing that i still remember that they still do to this day is they'll go on these long walks uh which seems very romantic but they only talk about business on these walks and they'll come back and yeah. they'll have so many ideas that they would have discussed with each other yeah and you know seeing that kind of trust and um synchronization that they both have 
it was just amazing like i always thought like you can't build a business unless you have a partner because of kind of seeing them the lonely journey you yeah. have to have someone to share yeah and the way that they balance out each other's skill sets they both are such different people like i i probably would not be able to find more different people at all but their skill sets like their personalities everything kind of complement each other rather than clash with each other even though it's so different um and honestly even with yashoda and myself when we were thinking about starting it was a little bit scary cuz we were like oh what if we fight you know like indian siblings you know it's always a thing um but when we were having our discussion we were like if mom and dad who are so different can do yeah. it probably we can as well and our me and yashoda are very different people as well So we're like maybe we can complement each other instead of kind of clashing, and I think that's what's happened with our journey overall. So that was really cool to see. Yeah, it's a fact that all siblings fight, no matter they're Indian or from what country. Uh, we all fight, and crazy fights happen. Yeah. So, what's that one annoying thing about you, like that uh, issue that fights? Yeah. I think just listing one would be difficult. Um honestly I was a menace as a child. Yeah. I feel so bad for Yashoda cuz since she was 2 years old she's been like the responsible she's old very child. organized and she is. Yeah, she's a perfect child. Yeah. Honestly like I remember when I was a kid I would we would sleep in the same room honest obviously and then I would wake up in the morning and I'd see and I'd be like okay she's still sleeping so I can also sleep for some more time. eventually i would wake up at noon and by then she's lived her entire life <laughs> you know from 6 o'clock in the morning she's up my mom used to make timetables for us yeah. used to follow it to the dot i used to lose it within one day and i was like how can i have such a perfect sister it's so unfair it becomes a burden like you yeah. have to yeah 100% and all of my teachers were like you know yes that's so perfect and they'd yeah. be like oh i'm so excited to have you in my class and i was like no <laughs> you know Um I can't tell you how many of my teachers continued to call me Yashoda after she left the school like 3 4 years ago also. But that's crazy. Yeah. So, you know, I used to really annoy her a lot and honestly she was the best older sister. I don't even say this to be nice to her because it yeah. was a burden how yeah. nice she was. Like um one of the popular stories from our childhood was we were on a road trip and you know she did she was saying something I was saying something. I got irritated and I bit her. And I bit her really really oh, hard. I was like maybe five. I was so uh, old to be biting her, but yeah. like not old enough to really be a point of concern. But I remember my parents were so upset because it was really, really bad, and yeah. they were like, "Apologize to her," and she's crying and all that stuff. And I'm like, "No, I'm not going to apologize to her." And it got to the point where they're like, "We're leaving you if you don't apologize to her. You just have to apologize, right?" And I was like, "No, I'm not going to," and all this stuff. But the thing that everyone remembers the most about the story is that Yashda was crying. Not because she was hurt, but because she was like, "Don't leave Ria on the road." You oh, know? like even at that point, and I was like, "Stop being so nice to me all the time." Um, so yeah, I used to make her late for school every day, and you know, she used to just be like, "How am I standing in the yeah. detention room, yeah. like because of you?" Um, so yeah, I used to do a lot of things to annoy her. I hope that a lot of those things have changed overall, but we've also just like. grown around you should have a yeah. chat with her also yeah you should you should after all this your parents decided to have another kid 
Yeah, probably. <laughs> they were like, maybe we'll tie a third time. Uh, no, honestly, our younger sibling, I think, is like the joy of our family. Yeah. Like, she'll be so mortified to hear that. But honestly, like, I think we all love her the most. Um, and I think even for the happens with all the younger kids, all the younger kids. And there's a 10 year gap between me and her. Right. So I think for all of us, she was like, oh, my God, like she's the most special person and continues to be the case today. Uh, she's applying for colleges this year. And like we're all on tender hooks because we're like, what are we going to do? And she's gone. But like, should we get a pet? Like, what should we do? So, yeah, I think um, I think it was great for my parents, too, because they got to, like, enjoy her childhood probably a little bit more than yeah. they enjoyed our childhood because they were working. So. This is something all parents say, like, um, I have a three-year-old kid, four-year-old now, uh-huh. and he's a boy, total wild. <laughs> and after him, I don't want to have another boy, <laughs> any child. I'm tired, exhausted. Yeah, this when he grows up. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> this is truth. I'm tired, exhausted. Yeah. And he's like so naughty. So, uh, so parents tell me these stories that they should have a sibling. And I have uh, a younger brother and I have a great bonding with him. Mm-hmm. So when I see him, when I, we are spending quality time with each other and I see him and I'm thinking, like the only thing I think about, uh, Kabir is going to miss this kind of, uh, yeah. relationship. Yeah. But, and now, I think it's not possible for me physically <laughs> and emotionally. Yeah. Honestly, so one of my best friends is an only child and I'm her sibling. Like, at the, like you know, yeah. to the point where our parents, like we started looking similar, I think, at some point in our childhood because yeah. we used to spend so much time together. So I feel like people find their siblings in life, like mm-hmm. either through biology or through like just... And I think that, I'm not sure I'll see that after yeah. maybe 10 years or 20 years. Yeah. Uh, Kids, when they have to look out for relationships outside their family, they are more strong. Yeah. Because they know they have to find someone who they can connect with. Yeah. So it will be difficult for Kabir, but I think... I think it will be a good difficulty. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, Ria, I also saw in one of your videos uh, where Yashoda was mentioning that the idea to start Hobo came uh, when she watched um, uh, your mother praying. So... Just want to know, how's your relationship with God, like, as a family? Mm -hmm. So, as a family, we're very religious, I would say, like, I mean, just yesterday, we had, like, a big puja at home and stuff like that. Um, My mom is definitely, like, the driving force of that. Um, It's really funny, because even compared to my grandparents to her, like, she's more religious than them. Like, as a kid, she would, like, do the puja at the home and, like, then run off to school and stuff like that. Like, so. Yeah, like, she has three kids. Yeah, And she has a business to manage yeah. and she's religious and like doing puja with all the steps possible. Yeah, she's at like 5 a.m. Like at 5 a.m. and yeah. her, hear her chanting and stuff. She's a little like she's one of those crazy super moms that you hear about. Um, but yeah, also my grandmom lived with us for the longest time. So I think they like balanced each other out. Um, so she's definitely the most religious. My dad also like has been on and off his whole life. Um, Yashoda actually teaches the Bhagavad Gita, so she also is fairly religious. I don't think into the ceremonial part as much, but, um, very spiritual. I would say I'm probably the least, me and Shriya, my younger sister, are probably the least puja oriented in the family, uh, which makes it interesting being in the puja space, cause, um, I think we just have to learn a lot from our customers and like hear what it means to them. Um, and something that I always share with people, you know, a lot of young people will be like, what is this puja? What does it mean? And stuff like that. 
I always share that when I went to college, of course, my mom sent these like small god idols with me. Um, and you know, whenever I'd walk back from classes, I'd always pick a few flowers from the bushes and put it there. But for me, it wasn't really about puja. It was, it wasn't about God as much. It was more about, okay, I'll take a picture and send it to my mom and my grandma. You know, like that was my connection yeah. to puja and God. And, yeah. Uh, it was just a way of like connecting with them, yeah. which I think is actually true for a lot of people today. And I'm like, that's not wrong and that's not yeah. bad. You know, it's just a gateway into, some kind of mindful practice. I think it's a great way to connect with your family members also as yeah. kids because Kabir also has a routine. Mm. So he's four year old, doesn't understand God or uh, spirituality or any kind of uh, these things. But he has a routine with his grandmother. So mm. around four or five, they'll go to the temple together yeah. and um, he'll come back, he'll show me his tikka. Yeah. He, tikka lagaya, they saw me. So every time we are out and we have any temple, he's like... Swami, Namaste, yeah. Krishnaji, Namaste. Yeah. So it, it's so sweet to really see cute. all of those things. So yeah. I think he has found a great way to bond with uh, his, his grandparents. Yeah. Like even I remember when Yashita was a baby because she was like the first grandchild and stuff. Like when she was a kid, everyone would be like, say Namo. And then she'd be yeah. like, Namo. Like yeah. as a baby, it was so cute. Um, I heard. Yeah. And then I remember Shriya when she was a little kid also, she would be like, mom, can you sing me songs? I don't think we ever asked our mom to sing a song. Yeah. <laughs> but my mom was like, okay, so she used to sing her bhajans in bed, like to put her to sleep. And so that's how Shriya learned a lot of those things too. So I think it's like it's human connections, right? Like that's what teaches you to love these things. Nice. And you have been into uh, building Hobo for last, I think, three, four years? Four and a half. Four and a half yeah. years. And you guys are doing puja flowers. So if you can tell us, uh, what's our relationship with God as Indians? Because mm-hmm. we uh, do puja differently yeah. in India. Yeah, for sure. Um, you know, India as a country, I won't even talk about Hinduism specifically or anything, is extremely religious. Um, you know, there are some crazy stats about how religious travel is like one of the highest spends of, you know, the median household and in terms of tourism. Um, I think somewhere around 84% of Indians, uh, I'm not talking about Hindus, I'm just saying 84% of Indians have a shine in their house, right? Um, so it's crazy, our connection with God. And I think what's really special also is that across religions, right? Like today when I drive past like Jama Masjid and stuff like that, I'll find Panni Roses and Rajni Kanda. Um, and when you go to a church, like in India, you do offer flowers even in churches and stuff. So I think it's a very big part of our livelihood and when we first started you know we were a part of this thing called Techstars it was an accelerator program and there's a lot of like just returned from America or like very young you know analysts and stuff like that that we would interact with and they would be like do people do puja like I feel like that's not really a thing anymore and we'd be like okay you know like just next time that you're going around like notice your cab right like if they have god and like mm. flowers in it notice how many temples you pass just around this one block of this we work office or whatever and you know then we'll figure it out type of thing and they would come back a week later and they'd be like they're everywhere yeah. you know like these flowers are everywhere but more than that like in india you really can't go more than like 10 15 minutes on the road without coming across a temple or like some place of worship right to the point where houses will have a tiny shrine in their gate and all of that stuff too um, so I think it's a big part of our livelihood. I think it's not the Sunday church kind of model. It's much more like an everyday engagement with some kind of spirituality and it differs for everyone. 
Um, so it's a very exciting space to be building in. Yeah. Um, I think there's a lot of amazing things being done product wise, but also content wise, community wise, just to help people connect with this very important aspect of their life, which has been unorganized and has been um, you know, like you don't really have a lot of information on it. You call your mom, you call your priest if you really have yeah. to, but you don't really know what the different things mean, even though you know that the traditions are beautiful. So I think it's great if we can kind of bring a fresh pair of eyes to it and just make you relook at the same things and be like, yeah, like every cab does have flowers in it. So they're like little Ganesha or little Hanuman idol. And that is actually really beautiful, right? So whether you believe or not. So. I think something similar happened uh, during your Shark Tank episode also. Mm-hmm. Uh, Vinita asked, Abhi Pooja kaun karta hai? Market chota hai. Yeah. I said, Main karta hu, main roz phool kharita hu aur pooja karta hu. Yeah. I think. Yeah, that was great. Yeah. You know, I think to see both sides of those coins. Yeah. I think, you know, if someone, there's a lot of people who get it and a lot of people who are like, of course, everyone does pooja. But I'm actually very grateful that she brought up that fact. Yes. Because I'm sure a lot of people watching from home also would have, like younger people, right, would have been like, oh, do people do pooja? And she's speaking her truth in yeah. terms of, you know, her experience. But it was also really wonderful to have Aman kind of be like, no, like I do puja all the time because usually we have to give that justification. Um, both, both are sides of India, right? Like it's amazing that we have people who have kind of broken out of that, mm-hmm. um, you know, that space and they're living such different lives from their parents. But it's also wonderful that we have people who are still connected yeah. to that aspect. And like I said, I think for me, when I see these flowers in puja, it's a part of a mindful experience that you do every day, right? For other people, it'll be running or meditation or yoga or something like that. As long as you have that space in your life yeah. and you're taking those like 10 minutes for yourself, yeah. like, that's all that matters. No, I think uh, one more observation I have made. Uh, in Hindus, we have like lots of steps mm-hmm. of doing a puja. Like we clean uh, the idols and um, then we put a rakshat, then we put a then we put So it's like... It has lots of steps. And this is the most simple yeah, yeah. Uh, puja. Varna to bohat zada, jase meri mami bohat zada puja mein. So she'll prepare uh, a proper thali of puja. She'll have white chandan for Bhagwan Shiv. She'll have ye- yellow chandan for Bhagwan Vishnu. And she'll uh, prepare this uh, special uh, drink for Bhagwan uh, Shiv because my mother and my father, they both are uh, huge devotees of Shiva. Mm-hmm. So, uh, they have like a proper routine with all the steps. But yeah. even if we want to do puja and we want to follow those steps, it's it doesn't fit with our routine. Mm-hmm. We don't have time to find white chandan or yellow chandan and we don't, I think I don't have that kind of patience, but I still want to do puja every day. So the most convenient step uh, I find is just order flowers from Zepto. I clean my puja, I'll offer flowers and I'll just let the diya. Yeah. And it's the most simple, like it's simple to do yeah. and it's something you'll do it every day. 100% right like I think this is uh, another way how Indians have haven't stopped you uh, using flowers yeah yeah exactly so you know a big part of my job obviously is understanding people's puja practices and after four and a half years I can probably say that I don't even know like 0.5% of it right like there is so much variation and like you said you know um, it's done with so much love like we always say devotion, but I like to say love because I think it's a more relatable part. 
like your mom is doing that because she really loves yes. those gods you know like the same way she would take care of you or your brother or your father that's how she's taking care of the gods in her life and i think when we talk about religion a lot of times we talk about god fearing aspects like if i don't do this you know this will happen and all that stuff but what you show that i really love is building for the god loving space of saying that the same way you take care of your loved ones like people who believe in god people who do puja every day love their god you know um even when all the items that you use in puja it's like your skin care right like the same way that you clean yourself and then you take care of yourself and then you adorn yourself in the morning that's your puja process you clean your idols then you know you take care of them and then you adorn them finally with flowers and you know all of the other stuff the agarbattis and everything that you do uh, it can be as complicated or as simple as you want you can you know do all these different variations uh it's just an expression of your gratitude mm. and your love for that um and if we can make that journey a little bit easier a little bit simpler along the way um like why not right like even with these flowers for example it's an age old tradition yeah. but as soon as we started like we had so many people saying you know when i moved into my apartment or i moved to a new city i really had no way of getting these flowers and if you live in an apartment it's a little bit more hard yeah. to like you know get access to it and stuff so i'm so happy that you guys are letting me do my puja every day you know yeah. like letting me express what i feel for my god every day and giving me that time to like sit with myself and you know do my puja and everything so that was really wonderful and now we're kind of entering the rest of the puja space with our agarbattis and kumkum and ganga jal and all of that it's massive massive space but we hope to bring the same ethos to it mm-hmm. right like ganga jal that you is like an old old tradition yeah. can we make it fresh again and make you realize like why is water from the ganga so yeah. important you know like this idea in hindu mythology that water carries memory hmm. right like it remembers where it's come from and that's why ganga jal is ganga jal and rose water is rose water and stuff like that and um like you said it can be a three step puja or a six step yes. puja but the idea behind puja like the word itself comes from pushpa and jap right so like flowers and some chanting that is enough to just complete your puja and yeah if you can give all five of the elements like you give kumkum for bhumi and you give agarbattis for vayu and that's the whole idea right so the mm-hmm. panch bhutas if you offer it which you can do in 5 minutes also and yes, no i think you have put it very beautifully that uh, it's it it's your relationship with god how you what kind of relationship you have and it's all right if you skip the steps yeah uh, it's just that if you really want to do it or not and how much time you want to give it and yeah. if you're doing it from your heart or not yeah i think you know each step in the puja process uh, this might be a little bit like too into the technical details for some people but i really find it beautiful cuz whether you do all the steps or not the idea is when you give something from the earth something from water something from air and stuff you're saying that we're all made of the same elements and if i can see that in this idol or this photo frame then hopefully i can see that in the people around me as well right that we're all made of the same things and if you can treat your god so well hopefully you can treat the people around you really well because you were all made of the same stuff so i think overall it's a beautiful thing like no matter how many steps you have in the process if you can remember that core yeah. belief i think that's really nice I think it's uh, more about connecting with with someone supreme. Yeah, because I mean, in you need to find out some time from your day, and when you are sitting quietly and you are connecting with that power, and you are talking to yourself while talking. Yeah. To them. Yeah, because I think 
at the end of the day, like this again, very like Hindu philosophy based, but um, we believe that God is formless, right? Like a lot of other religions, Hinduism also believes that God is formless. We use the form as a way of it's like baby steps towards yes. understanding the formless. Yes. Like we always say, like, you know, when a kid is really young, they don't understand gravity. They don't understand weight distribution. Go to touch and feel. Yeah. So they like tumble themselves. They roll on the floor. They, you know, fall. They put their blocks together. Before they have the words for a concept like gravity or something like that, they're able to, through their senses, kind of understand it. That's what the puja process is, right? You're trying to understand a formless God through form. And that form is the idol that you're then sanctifying with other like elements and stuff like that. And if you can do that without doing the puja process, why not? Mm. Right? Like at the end of the day, you're just trying to understand like mm. that we're all a part of the broader thing. And yeah. And why flowers? Like, is there anything special about flowers? Like I have mentioned about the convenience, but mm-hmm. is there anything else? Um, why do we offer? Why flowers? do we do flowers, or why do people why offer do, flowers? Yes. Why do people flower, uh, offer flowers? Yeah. Um, so, like I said, puja itself comes from the word pushpa and jap, right? Um, but at a broader level, when you talk about Hindu puja, you talk about the panchabhutas. So that's the five elements that people are made out of, uh, or the world is made out of. And you have agni, jal, vayu, bhumi, which I think people are very familiar with. But the fifth one is kind of the ineffable one. Uh, it's called Akasha. It's like the void or the life energy that, you know, kind of brings everything together. Flowers represent that in your puja. So when you say Bhumi, you're talking about Kumkum, turmeric, etc. Vayu, you're talking about your, you know, Agarbatis, etc. Jal, whatever water you use, Ganga Jal, etc. Um, Agni is, you know, you camphor, whatever you burn. Uh, but how do you represent that life element that you're offering to your God every day? That's where the flowers and the fruits come in, right? Both of those as the life elements. And I think from a more practical perspective as well, um, anytime you see fresh flowers somewhere, whether it's in their, in someone's hair or in their autos or in their house or office, what it means is that that person is going there every day to add beauty to that spot. Right. Like a lot of my friends are like, haha, I have plastic flowers in my house. And I'm like, haha, that means you're not thinking about that space at mm-hmm. all. You know, Makes like of sense. the whole beauty of fresh flowers is that they do die every day. And then you have to kind of keep going back there and saying, even if it's an ancestor's photo, right, you're saying this person is important enough to me that I'm showing up every day yes. and doing something special in that spot. That's what puja is as well. Yeah. Right. Like. You're, why are you doing Agarbati every day? Yeah. It's because you're saying every day this person is special enough. Yeah. The same way that you would make breakfast for someone every day or you would say, you know, ask someone about their day every it's day. It's like being more grateful and uh, acknowledging things around you. Yeah, it's your daily check-in, yeah. right? Like, I think as humans, the most valuable thing that we have to offer is time out of our life, right? Like our attention and our energy. Uh, you giving that to your God or your puja or, you know, that, that means you care about it a lot, that it matters a lot to you. I think you also have an Instagram page where you uh, post pictures wherever you spot, uh, I think, a particular kind of flower. Uh, we have a page called Hubu Finds where we do a lot of like nature foraging. Yeah. Um, I think that has been really fun, actually, because it's not so much about puja. I know that we spoke a lot about it, but Hubu Finds is more about being flower lovers. Uh, it's actually curated by Rohini Kejriwal, who runs the Alipur Post. And I used to love her page. It was all this art and poetry. 
And then we said, what can we do together? And we said, you know, puja flowers are also traditional Indian flowers. Hmm. You know, they're just the local flowers that grow in India compared to your bouquet flowers, yeah. which you have to import and stuff like that, which my dad and my mom used to do. And we were like, if we can get people to be as excited about seeing the jasmine and the road and, you know, like all the local flowers that you see basically as they are about receiving a bouquet of flowers, like it's so much more joy in your life, right? Because now every time you're walking down the street, you're like, oh my God, it's so pretty versus waiting for someone to bring you flowers. That's how Hubu Find started. Um, and for me, I think it occupies a very similar space, you know, like if we're facilitating someone's puja, that's wonderful. If we're facilitating someone like going to Coven Park every Sunday and being like, look at all these beautiful flowers yeah. I found. That's also that same space in their life of like spending time with yourself and hopefully, you know, connecting with that aspect of yourself. No, I think it's similar with plants also. People who love plants, people who love flowers or nature, they are uh, they're considered to be more kind because yeah. they are always very conscious of their surroundings. And yeah. if if I have lots of plants in here and I will not. I will always be very conscious if, like, nobody's dying, everybody's well <laughs> and yeah. everyone is looking nice, feeling yeah. nice. Yeah. So it shows how kind you are and how yeah. uh, compassionate you are and how much you care about your surroundings and yeah. your people, your things. Yeah. So Ogao actually recently went through, like, a whole brand overhaul. The Ogao, they're a plant company and stuff like that. And I love their caption, which is, you know, you usually think, like, people grow plants. But their thing is plants grow plants people. people. Yes. I loved that. Like I thought yes. it was a brilliant idea. I think Thought Over Design did it and they did such a wonderful job. And I 100% agree. Like my grandmom was like really into gardening. Yeah. She loved her garden. I think it was like as important to her as as his grandkids. Um, and I saw that, you know, like the compassion and care and she would never throw out a single thing, you know, yeah. there was a little bit of omelet left on the plate. She'd be like, my plants are going to love this. Yeah. They're going to grow so yeah. well because yeah. of this. So, yeah, it just makes you more attentive to the yes. world. Yes, you become more kind. And it's also like we have a very small kitchen garden. Mm-hmm. So we have got lemongrass and uh, 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 ajwain, mm-hmm. everything there in the garden. Yeah. Very small balcony setup. Yeah. And if I'm preparing kada for myself, I've got cold and I want to prepare kada. I'll um, have some ajwain leaves from my uh, from my plate, yeah. and I'll have some lemongrass. And when then when you prepare the tea, you are more conscious. You are yeah. not just preparing tea. You are so grateful. Yeah. But uh, kuch ke dala hai, you are thankful to the nature. Hundred percent. Ajwain yahan se aati hai. Yeah. We the had like experience you have. Yeah. It makes you more kind. 100%. Like we had this like mirchi plant at home and we had, I think an eggplant plant and it was like, Oh my God, it's coming. It's coming. It's coming. And then they were like, Oh, this is our eggplant. Yeah. And you know, it was like such a feast in our house. It was a tiny little yeah. thing. <laughs> and you know, my mom and my grandma probably spent so much more time and energy yeah. on it than just going and picking it up. But it was so much more special. Like I said, like because they had invested all that time and energy. And you also start respecting uh, people in general. Like uh, nobody even think about farmers uh, putting so much effort. Itna kheti karna mein ek, matlab humne ek eggplant laga and we are so happy and yeah. we know all our effort. Yeah. What happens uh, when yeah. they have to do that kind of work for a year? So we are more grateful as people. We 100%. acknowledge everyone's effort and we are more kind to vegetable vendor and yeah. Yeah. 100%. Like I remember my grandmom, like I said, loves gardening. So I bought these like lotus 
uh, like plants for her to plant. And we were waiting and we were waiting and it took like a year for those lotuses to bloom. And when it bloomed, I remember I had to go to Hyderabad the next day and I was like, no, I'm going to miss the blooming of my lotuses. And and then, you know, and then at Hoovoo, we get like thousand lotuses every day. And then you're like, oh, my God, like who is growing these? You know, they're so hard to get out. And I mean, that's kind of what started this whole journey for Yashoda and myself. Like the idea came from her seeing my mom doing her puja. But the business aspect of it, of is this something that we can really solve for, was when we realized that there's 40% wastage in this market, which means that the farmer who has like two acres or whatever of land, that he's literally throwing away almost one acre worth of crop. Just like that seeing our parents and the investment that they have in their farms and how attached they are, I think that we were like, that's unacceptable, right? Like, hmm. clearly something is very, very broken in this uh, supply chain. Um, that's kind of what drew us to the whole thing of like, no, yeah. I think it's a great idea and have <laughs> huge respect for you guys building Thank you. venture. So one more question. Uh, there are people who already, who always knew when they were kids or uh, when we are small we know what kind of um, profession we want to choose so there are people who say uh, I can't do a job I can't uh, you know make employee that kind of attitude mm-hmm. and they they know that uh, they want to do uh, something yeah. of their own so uh, like at what point in time you decided that you wanted to uh, start your own business mm-hmm. because because for me it's different i never had any kind of ambition uh, this ambition that mm-hmm. um, i would have my own business one day uh, everything changed for me after my marriage with siddharth because mm-hmm. he has been uh, this person like super driven and uh, uh, he would he had already decided that uh, once he grows up he, he'll have his own business and uh, like he was selling cards when he was small like I think <laughs> five six year old he yeah. was selling cards and doing all kind of crazy stuff. A hustler from yes, birth. Yes, yeah. yes. But after my marriage with him, things started changing for me also. I also started figuring out ways to help him. Like, how can I add value to him? Yeah. Uh, how can I contribute? Uh, but doing a business was never on my mind. It happened gradually. Mm-hmm. So, how was it for you? Yeah. Um. So, it's a little funny. Like, growing up, like, seeing my dad, like, you know, and my mom, both of them being entrepreneurs, there's always like a thing in us also where we were like, oh, we have to grow up and do something of our own. Like, you know, we have to be entrepreneurs. And um, my dad's a Leo. I'm a Leo. So I was like, oh, so we're basically the same person. And yeah. so, of course, I'm also going to be an amazing entrepreneur. Um, and, you know, it was so wonderful. Like they they used to be on the covers of all these magazines and we used to have all this coverage and stuff like that. And so I was like, you know, I want to be famous. Like I want to come in the newspapers many times as my dad and more times than him and all that stuff. But I think somewhere along the way, like I kind of changed and I, I used to do a lot of reading and writing in school and I used to be a journalist in school. So then that was the path that I wanted to pursue. Um, actually, when I started college, I wanted to be a philosophy major. That quickly changed, <laughs> which is probably for the best. And then I was into journalism pretty much till the end of my college career. And I was like, okay, so I will be in the news more than my dad, <laughs> one way or the other. Um, it was actually my final year of college. So in my third year of college, uh, my dad had fallen a little bit ill. Uh, so Yashoda graduated early and she came back and I took a leave of absence and I came back to India. That's when both of us worked in our family business as well. 
Um, and then I went back to finish my graduation my last year. And that's when Yashoda had this idea. I think having worked in our family business for that brief amount of time, it showed me how interesting business could be mm-hmm. and how it could engage every aspect of your brain. And I remember in my final year, you know, I was like, okay, like now I'll look for jobs and stuff. And I went to the career center and I took their test that they give you. And the results were like, the career for you is like, you love to learn. So you should be a student. And I was like, what kind of spam is this? Like, you just want me to be a student for the rest of my life. But now looking back, I'm yeah. like, yeah, you know, like that's what being an entrepreneur is. Like, you're learning all the time. All the time. And there's your job no is playbook. Yeah. Your job no. is always changing. You always feel like, you know, there's something else that you have to do yeah. that you're not currently doing and you're making yourself redundant all the time. So I think both of those factors really helped. And then when Yashoda called and she was like, till then I was helping her as a sister and, you know, I was doing the website and photos and stuff like that. And then she called and she said, why don't you come back and why don't you join me? And I was like, okay, cool. (laughs) So, yeah, I mean, it was as simple and I guess as long of a journey as that. Um, it was like a whole lifetime leading to like that split decision. And I actually came back. Like she got you into the business. Yeah. So I was supposed to graduate June of 2019. I came back to India March of 2019. So month after she had kind of started already. And yeah, there's been no looking back. So you guys are still running your family business and you're also running this separately uh no so my parents take care of the family business we just work there for for yashta i think it was about two years that she worked there for me it was like less than a year um and yeah is there any relationship between these two businesses or these are two different businesses two different legal entities everything a lot of people assume we get our flowers from our parents but they actually do long stem roses Mm. uh we only work with short stem puja flowers uh, they would never sell to us because our flowers are like one rupee per stem and theirs are like 22 rupees per stem. Wow. So, yeah, there's no um, business relationship. But obviously, like we take a lot of advice from our parents, some solicited, some unsolicited. But um, overall, it's amazing. Like, I think there's so many times that we're like, what do we do? What do we do? What do we do? And we're at the dining table and my parents are like, this is what you have to do because they're like punters in the floriculture mm-hmm. field and we keep forgetting that. Mm-hmm. Um, so I wouldn't say there's no relationship. There's a lot of input from their side, but there is no business relationship. I know it It has its own advantages and disadvantages when you your parents are, you know, they're also running a business and they are yeah. already well established and yeah. you have just started. How do you see it? Yeah, 100%. Like, I remember when we started, my mom would... It, it's annoying or it's like, how's it? It, it? It's both. So, on one side, a lot of people when we started, I remember there was this one particular person and I would meet him at all these startup events and he would be like, oh, you're building a lifestyle business, right? Like, this is not a venture business, right? And it would like really irritate me so much because it was our first year. We didn't have any numbers to back us up. But I was like, how can you just assume that this is going to be a small business, right? Just because he didn't understand the concept. Um, But, you know, at home, we always had that thing of like, what's next? And as kids, we always had that thing of like, even selling roses can be a global business and can really take you to big places. So that way, I think having our parents was like a great help because we knew how big of a business flowers can be, what anything can be if you do it well enough. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, And they always kind of push us like if the whole world is like, oh, my God, good job. My parents will be like, good job. What's next? You know, like yeah. that's their mentality. Um, but there was always uh, this clarity, uh, 
because first time entrepreneurs always struggle with this thing that uh, what's the market size mm-hmm. yeah so i think you had this clarity thanks to your parents that market size is not small yeah and i think more than understanding the marketing market size which you know a little bit was there because of them and floriculture and stuff knowing how to operate in uncertainty was i think the biggest gift they gave us because when they started even the floriculture the gifting floriculture side was very new and you know like my dad was one of the first people to export flowers out of bangalore like the first flight to be chartered for roses out of bangalore was from my dad and stuff um which is really really cool and he taught us like most people will not understand what it takes to build a big business and they'll think that you know a certain report or something like that can mm-hmm. help you do that but mm-hmm. like it, there is a huge market if you're willing to build for it right and you can create that market for yourself as well and actually in india if you look at it the pooja flower market is three times bigger than the bouquet flower market which a lot of people don't realize so well like i'm not worried about market size you know like there are huge giants just in the bouquet flower industry uh so that was one big thing uh having them at home but definitely when we started my mom would be like for a 10 rupee packet you guys are waking up at 4 am every day mm-hmm. and we'd be like yes ma we are waking up for a 10 rupee packet um but it also pushed us right to do more scalable things because yeah. i think otherwise we would have gotten so obsessed with each and every single aspect of it that she was like you guys earned 30 rupees today and we were like yes we know that so what was their reaction when nishoda shared the initial idea with them that uh, this yeah. is my idea and we want to sell flowers in this way and the focus is to you know uh, reduce the reduce the wastage and increase the Uh, yeah. life of flowers like what was their reaction they were super excited right like i mean they even, believed in the idea yeah i mean that's the thing about they, they were not worried as parents ki um no i mean i think with my parents that's the thing like they're complicated they're both yeah. excited for us and they're always like okay guys but like what's happening type of thing so they were very excited they were very supportive like you know in the beginning all of our photo shoots i actually honestly to this day also most of our photo shoots are in my mom's pooja room uh like we did some big photo shoots and we were like why get a model we'll use my mom you know she does pooja every day and stuff so yeah like that we were very very supportive my dad goes to any city he goes to he goes to the flower market and he like live stream his experience to us so they're very supportive uh but they back up that support with like a lot of push to us as well right and we i, I think it works perfectly cuz I think for a lot of women especially like you um there's a term for it it's like the bigotry of low expectations where it's like people are like oh nice you're doing this thing it's nice it's a small hobby that you're doing type of thing our parents never gave us that comfort they were like whatever you do you have to do it really really well and you have to do it to the best of your capability hmm. not the best in the world but they're like the best of your capability but they believe we're capable of the world <laughs> so then it ends up pushing us quite a bit uh yeah so i think both of those work things worked in conjunction like every time she was saying like oh you only earned 50 rupees today it was because she believed we could do so much more than that and i think that was invaluable so ria if you uh have to share one piece of advice that your parents shared with you that you think can add value to our audience also if you can share that advice yeah they give us so much advice <laughs> i know it's a difficult question yeah. um Actually this is something that my dad didn't tell me he told Yashoda but I was in the car so I overheard it and I really loved it um he was talking about some idea like some random idea that had nothing to do with floriculture 
and we were like okay like you have a running business why do you keep thinking of these new business ideas all the time and he's like you know as an entrepreneur as a business owner your job is to create value like create social value not to create profits or money or jobs or any of that stuff to create social value and that social value can sometimes be jobs sometimes it can be profit sometimes it can be a service or a product that you're offering and so it's your job to always be thinking about this like how do i create more social value um and i think that has always really stuck yes. with me as a as a great piece of advice for a business but also as a great way of living your life like of thinking about how you can create social value in different mm. ways um yeah i think that's the best piece i think you and yashoda both took it very seriously and they're building hobu and it's a big relief for uh, you know flower vendors if they can if uh, the life of flowers is increased we hope so yeah i mean i think that because of the way that he kind of framed that we never thought of middlemen or distributors or anyone as people to cut out of the ecosystem and it was more about how can we add value to each person in that ecosystem because if they're not all on board like nobody knows these flowers as well as the lady in that flower market mm-hmm. right or the farmer who's selling it or the middleman who's been trading it his entire life so how do you add value to that ecosystem and become a part of it um while hopefully changing the way that it works overall and disrupting it i think has been a very interesting question for us and i think that probably makes you last much longer in that industry as well because every person can see the value that you're mm-hmm. adding when nowhere where we want to be in terms of reaching all of these people mm-hmm. uh but i think we're starting our journey and that's fun no well, all the best to you and ashoda i i'm i'm 100% sure that you guys will do great thank you so much and i think piyush and aman have invested in hobu right so yeah we got a deal from both of them through shark tank yeah. they both are based in delhi right yeah they are very far away so you'll have to travel to delhi to meet them or yeah it's very funny actually our investors source we see there are fun they're also based in delhi so well like there's some reason that you know yeah. bangalore supposed to be the startup so ecosystem you are now building in uh, delhi yeah that's right so we're, we're starting yeah. our new warehouse there and stuff like that so we're like it's so funny there's so much pull from delhi mm. but like isn't bangalore the startup yeah, hub yeah. like what we're traveling all the time so yeah So Siddharth who is also my husband and he's also my co-founder he's like a complete go-getter mm-hmm. like more driven more passionate and he wouldn't if he has got any idea he wouldn't wait for any kind of validation he'll just start executing and then he'll wait for the results and then he only will decide if he is uh, this is the right thing to do or he should be doing it or not so he doesn't seek for validation uh, i am complete opposite i am more process oriented i believe in planning and uh, sometimes uh, that's that that doesn't work out for me and uh, i i look for perfection in things like mm-hmm. we are complete opposites so how is your relationship with your sister like uh, what's your role and what's her role and how do you uh, complement each other yeah we're also complete opposites i would say Uh, Yashoda is the CEO, so she takes care of operations and finances. Uh, I'm CTO, so I take care of the tech and the marketing side of things. Um, and yeah, I mean, every way possible. Like she's a morning person, I'm a night person. Like every single time we have a new market idea, we both are like, even when we agree, we agree in different ways. We're like, yeah, we agree we should do this, but your reasons for doing it are different from mine. Yeah. But it's been great because then. 
because we have the 25 years or 26 years whatever of experience of seeing the other person be proven right and also like having these discussions our entire life i were okay with trying out the other person's idea and we always say like okay let's set a certain time frame let's set the parameters like you get a 5 lakh budget or a 5000 budget or whatever it is to try out your idea your way tell me what you need from me and then we'll come back and you'll see the results and sometimes the answer is yes sometimes the answer is no sometimes it's okay this worked but this didn't so let's change it and stuff like that uh but i think that's been really great i think if both of us agreed on everything all the time uh there would be no point of having yeah. both of us there like because we have these different perspectives it works and we really complement each other's strengths and weaknesses i think uh like she's great with people i love to work by myself i don't like to work with people um and just a bunch of other things like she's really good at like responding like mm-hmm. right on time takes me like 3 to 5 business days to just like open my whatsapp and respond to people um so i'm very lucky to be building with her So um, she's more focused on building building the team connecting mm-hmm. with investors yeah so she i mean running the trains on time is such a big part of what we do uh because it's daily puja yeah. flowers it's fresh for business uh i think it would be impossible to do that without her like she actually has the personality for that industry i do not have the personality for it um but it works out well cuz then we can like try new things like i can do that with my time and i have so much fun and i feel so bad sometimes cuz i'm like my job is so fun yeah <laughs> but um you feel like working sometimes i literally feel like i'm not working yeah. cuz then i'm like I can i'm like making holy colors and then you know i'm like smelling agarbattis yeah. and i'm like oh this smells beautiful and she's like in meetings the whole day um but i think it complements each other at the end of the day like we're able to do new things and then still have yeah. our co business run really well and I think zooming in and zooming out as yeah. individual founders is important but then as a team we kind of help each other do that as well cuz one person is zoomed out one person is zoomed in on different aspects of the business um and I think just like a deep level of trust like I think even on the days where we don't get along with each other when things are going bad and all of that stuff knowing that the other person wants what's best for the company and for you yeah um I mean it's it's hard to uh, I mean I think that's why so many spouses and siblings yeah. start up together right and no I think this is the first um, episode I am hosting yeah. and uh, before this I would help Siddharth and now that we have Arvind and Ram so it's not that kind of work mm-hmm. but earlier I would bring coffee tea or mm-hmm. water when we are recording and I would help Arvind with the setup and today I was feeling uh, a bit uh, uh, unemployed or like <laughs> I am not doing anything I'm not adding value <laughs> I'm just sitting there and I have also got cold so I was thinking let's just save my energy yeah. and I was trying to move things that I would control myself no 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 yeah. today you don't have to do that let's yeah. save your energy because you will be speaking for the next one hour so mm-hmm. and not well so Yeah, I think a big part of the founder journey is making yourself redundant all the time. You don't feel relevant. I don't Yeah. By the end of the day, I'm so exhausted. Uh I have no fixed timings. I would wake up and Kabir is already there. Like yeah. Kabir is more alive, more <laughs> like uh, yeah. puri senses uski chal rahi hai. My day starts with Kabir and uh, around 8 I send him to school and then after that I got 1 hour to get ready because it's a home office and I want to be ready before uh, you guys come uh, so I get ready and then I work till 5 6 and up like 
उससे ज्यादा कबीर को टॉलरेट नहीं होता है एंड ही विल स्टार्ट मेकिंग ऑल काइंड ऑफ नॉइजेस एंड बाय बाय नाइन टेन इलेवन आई एम सो एग्जॉस्टेड बट आई हैव टू काउंट माय वर्क लाइक व्हाट डिड आई डू टुडे डिड आई एड वैल्यू डिड आई कंट्रीब्यूट टुडे सो यू हैव दैट काइंड ऑफ क्वेश्चन हंड्रेड परसेंट लाइक दैट इम्पोस्टर सिंड्रोम इज ऑलवेज देर एंड फीलिंग दैट्स आई मीन इट्स ऑलवेज नाइस वन यू मेक योर रिडंडेंट एंड ऑल ऑफ दैट बट समटाइम्स इज ऑल्सो सच अ जारिंग फीलिंग you know like up till the last festival um you know our warehouse was in the basement of our home so it was like in the night shift it was us who were in the night shift and i would be running the so because i'm cto i also help in i develop the machinery that we use for the flower packing and stuff and when the machines first came nobody wanted to use it cuz nobody understood how they worked because uh, there's no machine operators for this particular machine cuz this machine has never existed before right so i would go and run the machines and this festival season i i was in the warehouse and i was telling one of the supervisors you know like i was like okay you go take your tea break i'll run the machine and she was like no ma'am it's very difficult you won't be yeah. able to do it she's new so she was like it's very difficult ma'am you won't be able to do yeah. it i'll do it it's okay it's fine yeah. and i was like um i mean this machine i was like i used to run this machine for like 8 hours yeah. it's okay like go take a break and come but then it also is wonderful right like yeah. your organization has grown so much beyond you like it's good that you're not the person manning the wheel at every single station and uh, yeah there was some barcodes or something that had to be changed so i was sitting down to do it and they were like ma'am ma'am don't touch the files they'll yeah. get spoiled and i was like i made these files <laughs> i started this you know but i was it's a wonderful style so being an entrepreneur you have to do so many things and yeah. then teams comes up so yeah. you also want to stay relevant so you have to keep finding new things to work yeah, on yeah. and uh, what are the loopholes yeah no 100% and i think that has been a big part of yashoda and my journey yeah. this year because yeah. finally we feel like the organization is at this place where you know ops are able to run by themselves we've been able to like really set sops for everything so now it's like what next you know what yeah. else can we explore like the rest of the puja basket new cities new yeah. countries maybe like new services that we can offer like content and all of that stuff um but you know at the same time like you grow so attached to everything that you've done like every time i go to the warehouse i'm like the table should be like this and yeah. the crate should be like this and they're like leave us alone we do yeah. this every day and i was yeah. like but you know designing these tables yeah. for example was a big thing you yeah. know when we did it we were like oh we're going to buy yellow tables they're going to have places for crates everything was done with so much love yeah. um but then you have to kind of hand it off to your team yeah. and you know that they're going to take good care of it so i think something similar happened yesterday only so ram came to me and uh, so uh, just one year back uh, to this day i told sadhar that uh, you have got a fund for yourself and you are so much focused on fund what's my job i'm not even on camera recording the podcast and i don't i am constantly questioning myself what's my role how am i contributing am i really adding value or anyone can do this job it's not uh, nothing major is happening from my side and uh, so ab bas ek saal aur dena hai agar mere numbers improve nahi hue meri team achhi nahi bani mere podcast pe kuch growth nahi hua i leave this job aap kisi aur se kara lena i'll better take up a job so i feel more acknowledged and respected in house also so 
because i am drawing salary also yeah. and i am helping everyone with money also yeah. so i am totally dependent on you and uh, i get sponsor money but i spend all of all of that money in building studio or buying new things yeah. so i'll just give one more year uh, so i was more focused in the last one year i we built the studio bought these fancy equipments and uh, uh, hired arvin and hired uh, built our team and then yesterday ram came to my room and he was like uh, and i was al- already very much focused on the process ki yaar kisi ek bande ke thoda sa idhar udhar hone pe aisa nahi hona chahiye ki yaar we are in panic state ki ab kaise kare to we should have a proper process uh, around everything we do so ram came to me yesterday and he was like uh, nancy ab to आपके बिना भी आराम से पॉडकास्ट हो सकता है आपकी इतनी जरूरत है नहीं यहाँ पे एंड शॉर्ट वॉट सब हो जाएगा शॉर्ट रेडी है कवर फोटो रेडी है पॉडकास्ट आज हो जाएगा मैं आज रुक रहा हूँ लेट और नवल भी है हम लोग मिलके कर लेंगे आप जाके आपको जुकाम हो रहा है यू टेक रेस्ट आपके बिना आराम से हो सकता है आई वॉज इन शॉक इट वॉज अप्पी शॉक आई वॉज लाइक आई नाउ आई नीड टू फाइंड आउट different ways yeah. to stay relevant in this yeah. company yeah yeah no 100% i know for every festival for example you know you have to have night shifts during festival yeah. times and i would always be like okay i'll do the night shift you guys do the morning shift and i remember this festival season i was like okay night shift i'll do yeah. and my warehouse manager was like no you go home i'll do it yeah. then the next day you know the next day i was like okay today i'll do night shift and they were like no logistics manager will do it yeah. and i was like someone let me do it like i love this company like yeah. i want to be here and they were like go home and so then you have to find other things to do so then i was like okay you know i'll send analysis and i'll critique whatever you guys are doing right now um but yeah i guess that's part of it and riya it's been more than four and a half years for, for you guys now, yeah. uh, building hobo and you guys started uh, from bangalore right yes that and bangalore has all kind of charm but we have so much difficulty also operating from the city traffic mainly yeah. for me because yeah. our guests travel to our studio and yeah they have one or the other example number one yeah, yeah. <laughs> so uh, because we run this podcast and we have an audience and we want to share this message to anyone who is concerned who can you know bring a change who has the power uh, to know what's actually bothering uh, business owners what's what's affecting their business so if you can share one or two challenges you have mm-hmm. uh, running your business in bangalore mm-hmm. what 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 would be that challenge hmm that's a great question um i'm a first time founder and i've only ever worked out of bangalore of course yeah. we travel to our other cities we have offices in hyderabad and mumbai as well so i don't know if i'm the best person to answer this question i honestly love working in bangalore yeah. probably because i grew up here Um I live in North Bangalore so definitely I say Hebal flyover is the biggest villain in my life dictates my day essentially um but yeah traffic I think everyone will complain about um I think traffic yeah I yeah Hebal flyover is the one point of traffic that I mean apart from that I'm actually okay like I think that's the one bottleneck that's really hard to get out of but if you can get out of it it's okay um Yeah, I feel like a teacher's pet, but I can't think of anything bad to say about Bangalore. Yeah. Honestly, love it. Like I feel like the community is so great, yeah. and like you know, every business, uh, it's a great city. But yeah. the population is increasing. The a lot of migration is happening, and we don't have proper infrastructure here. Yeah, so it, maybe it, everything is adding up to 
Yeah, probably traffic is the biggest yeah. thing, but yeah, I grew up in Bangalore, so like yeah. anytime I go to a new city, I'm like, I just want to go back. Yeah, yeah. Like I remember when I joined college, the biggest tip Yashoda gave me, she was like, check the weather app every day. Yeah. And I was like, what a weird thing to say. But then I realized like growing up in Bangalore, you never check the weather because yeah. you're like, it's yeah. always perfect. And then in California, which is also known for its perfect weather, I would like be freezing or I'd be sweating because yeah. like I didn't dress for the day. So honestly, I'm really spoiled. It, like I can't. It's also, uh, a good uh, kind of weather for your business or yeah. it will be challenging for you to do this business in Delhi. Like, Yeah, definitely. Bangalore is a great place to start because it's kind of a floriculture hub in that way. A lot of our main flowers, roses and Sevanti are grown here. Uh, and yeah, definitely the temple. So we've actually supplied to Delhi quite a bit before during the festivals, especially. That's definitely a challenge. Like, um, yeah, the extreme heat, extreme cold, like mm-hmm. that fluctuation also can actually affect flowers a lot. Um, so yeah. Bangalore is the largest uh, producer of roses. Um, I think bouquet roses, uh, Bangalore and Pune together are huge producers in India. Some of it has actually grown in the north also. Uh, for our puja flowers, roses and sevanti, a big part of it does actually come from Karnataka. I won't say Bangalore specifically, mm-hmm. but lotus comes from Kerala and all of that stuff. So it's it's very distributed, like jasmine and everything. It comes from different parts of the country. Marigold, again, is very much in the north. north. Um, so we kind of always worked with the pan-India supply chain, but being in Bangalore made it definitely much easier uh, because the code varieties are kind of grown here and the temperature is easier and all of that stuff. All these flowers, I think five or seven types of flowers uh who would wheels with puja flowers mainly so they are all grown in karnataka so we actually do around like 12 different varieties of flowers and greens together like your beetle leaves bilpatra all of that stuff um i would say like the three largest are sevanti roses and marigold those are grown in bangalore near bangalore uh the rest of the varieties do come from all over but um yeah, I mean, that way, like working with that supply chain all over India was never a huge challenge for us mm-hmm. because of our background. I think like that floriculture mm-hmm. and agriculture side, we actually came in being very comfortable with having worked with, you know, the international supply yeah. chains and stuff like that. Um, it was the rest of the how do we distribute it? Mm-hmm. You know, like you said, you order from Zepto, yeah. right? Like how do we get ourselves mm-hmm. on Zepto and how do we get to your home in 10 minutes when you need it? I think that was more of the challenging bit. Yeah, but dealing with flower varieties, like that's yeah. one thing our parents unconsciously trained us for our whole lives. Yeah. And uh, I know you're very young for this question. <laughs> I'm only two years younger than you. So I'm not old. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's also true. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, but it's been four and a half years building this business and uh, you have been uh, you have lived outside india a lot of experiences you have had uh what's the lowest moment what was the lowest moment for you in life like that really taught you something solid about life in life um this is a great question yeah <laughs> um i mean i think overall probably the lowest moment would be uh last year our grandmom actually passed away um and like she, she actually my granddad passed away the year I was 196 so she's lived with us our whole mm-hmm. life and you know when I was a kid I would tell everyone I was like I have two moms they'd be like what <laughs> and then my mom would be like it's her grandmother it's her yeah. grandmother mm-hmm. so I was very close to her so I think uh she struggled with cancer for a bit and then we lost her which was definitely difficult um and so 
like she passed away in June and September is when the Shark Tank shooting happened, right? So that was when we were going through the whole application process. Mm-hmm. And this is something that I don't tell everyone, but you know, there was a part of the process where we were like, we're going to drop out. We're not going to do Shark Tank because they were calling us every day for the audition videos and stuff. And I was like, I, can't do it right now like this week is not possible for me to do then finally I had to tell them I was like I had a death in my family I'm not shooting you know a trailer or anything right now uh but they were very very understanding and they were like okay like you know we'll give you a little bit of time they extended the timeline for us and stuff like that um so that was definitely hard but I would say it was amazing to have those six months with her when we kind of knew that she was kind of struggling with it because we made the most of it. Like we literally every single day, like my uncle, my aunt, like our entire family was together with her all the time. Uh, and then also coming out of it, having work as a release was in a way a really good thing. Like our life was so full at that point of time with Huvu and Shark Tank and this and that. And like you said, you know, we, we get to be a part of so many startup mm-hmm. events and stuff like that, that I think we just like fell into work and then, now, one year later, we're like, how were we doing that like two weeks after this mm. huge thing happened in our house and stuff like that? So I think that was definitely like the lowest point, but also something that brought our family together a lot. And I'm really sorry to hear about it. Thank you. And uh, as the business grows, uh, our network grows, like expands, but uh, friendships and close uh, network, it, it gets thoda like we have fewer friends when we are building a business because our priorities are different and uh, yeah. we can't be available to everyone all the time. Mm-hmm. We have to, uh, you know, we have to learn uh, saying no yeah. most of the time. And then thoda, thoda, thoda karke, you start uh, going away from your, you know, yeah. people and then you have to, you know, make a new circle with same people only but who respect your work and uh, who you can who can fit into the new life you are living Mm -hmm. so how's that thing for you like Mm -hmm. how's your relationship with your friends and what has changed Mm -hmm. what's the same yeah um i would say with my college friends like i think we were all workaholics even in college so that didn't change it's definitely hard being far away from them but overall i mean i think we've kept in touch um, it was definitely weird moving back to Bangalore where I grew up and kind of reconnecting with a lot of uh, my school friends and people that I've known for a really long time, uh, especially because when I first came back, which was in my third year of college, all, obviously all my friends were also like just in college or just finishing up and stuff like that. And I was working in our family business. And um, obviously the startup journey is very hard, but my dad is a incredible boss, also a very hardworking boss. And like, you know, Sunday like Saturday it doesn't matter to me he's always working and therefore we are always working because you're living with your boss he's always working and I remember like my friends you know would meet like on a Wednesday or a Thursday or something and I was like how are you guys having fun on a weekday like this does not make sense but it makes sense because they were 22 at the time right um that was definitely a difficult thing to be like do you miss that life I mean I never had that life because I yeah. came, I, my college was so intense, like we were yeah. working all the time. And, and you, I think you had already 
बाय द टाइम यू फिनिश योर कॉलेज यू हैड ऑलरेडी ज्वाइन द फैमिली बिजनेस या सो इन माय थर्ड ईयर आई डेंट रियली हैव अ समर आई वाज लाइक वर्किंग विद माय पेरेंट्स एंड स्टफ लाइक दैट एंड देन आई वुड ऑलवेज एवरीवन वुड बी लाइक लेट्स गो आउट एंड आई बी लाइक आई एम इन इथियोपिया एक्चुअली सो देन आई कुड नॉट डू दैट एंड देन व्हेन आई केम बैक फ्रॉम कॉलेज इन 2019 लाइक ड्यूरिंग माय ग्रेजुएशन टाइम एज़ वेल इट वाज हुवू राइट एंड हुवू वाज क्रेजी इन द फर्स्ट ईयर ऑब्वियसली बिकॉज़ वी वर डूइंग आवर ओन डिलीवरीज एंड वी डिड अबाउट 1500 डिलीवरीज एवरी डे within the 4 to 5 am slots so like many phone calls like he's left it on the second floor i'm on the third floor or like oh he's left it at my neighbor's house that mm. person is so you were also so handling the customers we were doing the and i mean we had customer service but like as founders you are yeah. you know very much on the front lines in the first year um so it's definitely like weird i would definitely be like i also want to go like yeah. chill um but you know your friends like you realize that supporting you is not the friends who put up a post when you do really well or who are like oh my god i'm so excited for you yeah. it's the people who understand like why you're showing up like two hours late why you look dead why you're in your office kurta when everyone yeah. else is like you know and one of my friends is like oh you look like an auntie and i was like i am an auntie <laughs> like there's nothing i can do about it um, you are an auntie who am i no when you know like at that point in time <laughs> he's like you're dressing like an auntie you're behaving yeah. like an auntie and i'm like i am an auntie yeah. like this is who i am now deal with it but they did deal with it right yeah. and th- i think those are the friendships that last and uh something that's been really great is having friends who are slightly older also yeah. uh like a lot of my friends i would say are like in their 30s and stuff like that that always helped because so you know, they, they come from this business side of things or yeah just like i i mean maybe because of yashoda being slightly older i ran into them but also like from like family friends or like the business like the startup people connect more with the slightly older people i think different people bring out different sides of you so I, i'm definitely still really close to the people that i grew up with and they bring out a very different side of me which i'm grateful for like on the weekends i don't want to be talking about like the stock market and all of that stuff although my friends have started talking about that and i'm like guys no let's not do that um but it's also nice to be friends with people who are slightly older who are building their own businesses who are dealing with all of those aspects of life because then i don't feel crazy and yeah. you know they're like oh my intern quit and blah 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 and i'm like same you know it's great to have those conversations so yeah i think everyone just brings out a different side of you and um yeah But there was a point in time in my life when i stopped connecting with my uh, batchmates or classmates uh i was feel i was already feeling so old mm-hmm. i would be so much more comfortable with siddharth's friends yeah so all all of siddharth's friends are now my friends mm-hmm. and i was only 23 23 and uh, 22 23 and uh, they were be- becoming parents because siddharth is 7 8 years oh, older yeah. Uh, yeah but i uh, like with time because of uh, our business we were running the business together and we were having those kind of conversations when we were uh, uh, together so i started connecting with more with siddharth's friend yeah. and uh, i would i wouldn't connect with my set of people ki i don't want to talk about breakups i don't want to talk about boyfriends yeah. uh, um, maybe i'm more interested in um, maybe uh, like what's happening in family side yeah. so no i think that definitely happens and actually there was a point where like even our parents friends like we would spend so much time talking to them because we'd be like auntie what pujas do you do and yeah. what do you do and all that stuff and uh, obviously my dad's friends as well about business and i remember there was one point when one of my dad's best friends his name is sunil uncle 
in our whole life he would come home and hang out with us and all of that stuff but sometime he came home and my dad was like oh nice you're here like what's up and he's like i came to meet ria like i'm going to talk to her. <laughs> we like were chatting cuz yeah. he does a lot of tech stuff as well and uh, so that was nice you know i think it's always nice to have that but like i said i think different friends bring out different sides of you and i think a big learning has been that having friends who have been older has been great for the professional side and lifestyle and all of that stuff but having my friends who are a little bit younger also forces me to be like okay i should act my age you know like i shouldn't be like sleepy at 10 pm sometimes like not always but like sometimes it's okay to do that and be silly or whatever it is also so yeah i think i value both and i think it's nice to have people who've known you for a really long time mm-hmm. and who like to see that change in you right like my friends like are the biggest supporters yeah. in the way that it's a very small way right like where you know when everyone's like in at 2 a.m in the morning whatever they'll all be like hoo hoo like yeah. they'll be like yay and all of that stuff and i remember i was visiting a few of my friends in delhi and i had all of these air fresheners in my bag cuz i was like giving them to auto drivers cuz we were launching in the city oh it was mumbai sorry we were launching in mumbai and i was doing this and like all d2c founders do yeah. like they keep <laughs> yeah distributing <laughs> anytime i take a cab i'm like you want an air freshener and i give it <laughs> and um and it's a lakshmi air freshener so they can never throw it out because it's a god's image <laughs> they'll always keep it up and i was a little bit ashamed of doing it in front of my friend yeah. so then he my, one of my friends opened my bag and he's like what is all this and then i was like yeah this is what i'm doing and the whole night he was like bhaiya air freshener chahiye and i was like so wonderful you know like um yeah i would never do without that so i think even though yeah. we're in different phases of our lives maybe um it's been really valuable to have them as well and sometimes i think it's good to be like if someone is like oh, i had a breakup i had this and all yeah. that stuff it's sometimes good to be like these are problems too you know like yeah. maybe this will distract me from the other stuff that's going on yeah. so yeah. that's really funny yeah. i'll always remember this yeah <laughs> i also uh, we also give out this probably won't be aired but uh we also give out matchboxes as goodies and as soon as my friends found out they were like dude give me <laughs> you know how many people use matchboxes around me and i was like okay like different tg but makes sense Yeah they also have Lakshmi uh... No no they don't have god pictures luckily cuz we know people throw them but yeah I'm sure like any pub in Bangalore if you go at least one smoker will have yeah. hoo match boxes with them wow. so yeah I don't know if it's doing any good marketing wise yeah nice and uh, one more different question I have for you and this is the last question uh we know as uh, women founders that a lot of a lot has changed uh a lot of things we have progressed society has progressed and things are uh, better now easier now but uh, how do you see it like being a woman in the business mm-hmm. how how's your experience mm-hmm. anything you think um like we should change or we should evolve or any kind of behavior you have noticed mm-hmm. um yeah Actually honestly me and Yashoda get this question fairly often and yeah. we always I know I know it's it's a very common question and uh, I was also thinking uh, till this point in time that we shouldn't be asking this question no, because it's a valid one Yeah because a lot of people watch this podcast and I feel small things make big difference right uh, so there there is this influencer and he posted one story on Instagram uh, 
the baby was a baby was crying in the background and he was making noises and that was something that um, i didn't like mm. because uh, i feel that people should have more empathy and yeah. uh, if he is not comfortable that mother may feel more um, awkward and yeah or like she is causing some kind of trouble so yeah. these small behavior changes makes lot of difference so if our audience um, listen uh, women founders or these mothers answering their struggles yeah. and if they can change something they can yeah. make a small difference in their behavior it can uh, you know no, 100%. make a big difference I, i think it's a very valid question and you're absolutely right right like even what you said about like babies and stuff i remember seeing a post recently or like it was something and it was like if you're in your late 20s unless there is a close family member who has a young child yeah. you're never interacting with yes. young people right and same can be said maybe for people who are really old you know if your parents are not in that age group and we talk a lot about diversity and of course yeah. it's very important but it's not just like ethnic or racial uh, racial diversity right it's also age wise like do you have empathy for people across age groups and yeah. stuff like that i definitely understand when people are like I mean me too I would prefer to not have a baby crying next to me on a flight yeah, yeah. does that mean that I can ask for baby free yeah places in public life like maybe to a point but maybe not beyond that because at the end of the day we all share this society yeah. right like you said the mother and the child also have a place to play so I definitely agree with that um the reason I said it's a great it's an interesting question for us is that we feel very lucky because I think a lot of um the way that we grew up and the environment in which we grew up was so different from other female founders uh recently we were on a panel at IBM and Diksha Pandey who's the founder of Samosa Party was also on it and you know she was talking about you know growing up in a small town and like becoming a founder and being kind of like you know one of the first people like from her space to do that or even be the first people in first woman in hospitality you know in the Oberoi group like and how few of them they are and that's amazing right like i i love hearing stories like that and it's so different from our story because like i said our parents were always like of course you're going to be entrepreneurs like what else are you going to do uh even when i wanted to be a journalist they were like yeah she'll be a journalist and an entrepreneur but she you know so that we were very lucky and mm-hmm. not just our parents right like even the schools that we went to we were always given i remember i was never in class because i was always some club or some mm. competition or something like we were given so many leadership positions as kids we were given so much importance in the classroom and you know i remember my male friends would be like can you please go argue for marks from my paper if she thinks yeah. it's your paper she'll give more marks you know like we never felt that we were lesser than anybody else and uh with three girls right with three sisters and so many times in parties and you'll never expect it like it'll be from the highest most sophisticated person there'd be like three daughters like what like they're so shocked yeah. you know uh, and our parents would be like yeah three daughters and i could see that anger in their eyes cuz they were like why not you know like why can't my daughters mm. do something or like why wouldn't they run the family business why wouldn't they kind of take yeah. over so we're very lucky in that sense and even coming back and starting we had so much support like from our family from our extended family our friends yeah. like i said like a lot of my friends like my a lot of my male friends as well were so excited when we started up and they asked really tough questions right like yeah. i think that always shows a lot of support when they're like how does the 10 rupee packet make sense or like yeah. how are you guys doing this and stuff like that that made me realize that they actually take what i do seriously yeah. and it's not just a small thing 
Um, so all of those ways we've been very lucky. I think structurally a lot has changed. I think we get to be a part of a lot of cool conversations as women founders, which has been absolutely amazing. We've been in rooms at tables with people that we would have never dreamt of meeting so early on in our careers because we're women founders and because they are making an effort to bring that in. A lot of amazing programs and stuff like that. There is, of course, a few structural things. Uh, like I said, you know, when I suddenly went to a flower market in, you know, Delhi and I was like, I'm the only woman yeah. here, like what's going on? Uh, or when we were developing our machines, I would always take my dad or like my driver inside with me just so they would like start talking to us and then I would step in, you know? Uh, and that's something our mom taught us because she was working like in, from the nineties yeah. onwards. And she was always like, you know, that first five minutes. Mm-hmm is you somehow have to get through the door, you know, like you have to push it open. Then after that, it's up to you. Like if Mm -hmm. you actually have content, if you have Mm -hmm. intelligence, you have this, like if that person Mm -hmm. like is smart enough and they're worth doing businesses, they'll pick it up, right? Regardless of your gender, because everyone loves money. They'll want to make money at the end of the day. So that I think has been important. Um, One weird thing that this actually I mention a lot because I think it's really weird and I think it should change is that to this day, Women can't get vehicle loans, which is fairly important for companies, right? Capital loans, essentially, unless, I mean, it's an informal rule, but you need to have like your father or your husband, like as a guarantor on the loan, which I think is ridiculous. Hmm. Um, So I think like a few structural things like that should still change, especially from a capital perspective, the way that is dispersed. But apart from that, I think the ecosystem today is ready for more women entrepreneurs to come in. And there's so many amazing women who've already kind of paved the way for us, you know, like Falguni Nair and Vinita Singh and Namita, like all of them, like amazing powerhouses. And, you know, they hold themselves and other women founders to such high standards. And we're so lucky to be in their company. uh, I was also particularly very excited for this conversation because... um, all my friends mostly are males. All my mm-hmm. colleagues are happen yeah. to be males only. Yeah. So I'm looking um, yeah. to expand my circle yeah. and have more uh, women in my circle. And yeah. I that is one of the reasons why I really uh, respect um, and the privilege I have that I'm being part of that WhatsApp group. Yeah. And I'm I haven't met many of them, but I'm connected with this very close-knit circle and I can ask for help. I don't have to hesitate. Yeah. We have another group and I have to think twice before asking the question and I'm much more comfortable in this group and yeah. uh, every day I have some kind of question there. Ki, yeah. Sometimes I feel like it's no, okay. No, honestly, I love this group because I'm a part of so many founder group chats. Yeah. Like I join them like it's nobody's business. Yeah. But a lot of them become just places to ask, ask, yes. ask. You know, a lot of them are like, can I get this? Can I get that? And nobody's responding to each other also. Yeah. You know that people are only opening that chat when they want to yeah. ask something. What I love about this group um is that when someone posts something, there's so many meaningful interactions yeah. with it. Not just requests for like business stuff, but even when someone is like, hey, did you guys see this article? Yeah. And people like really discuss it. It feels like a community. Yeah. It doesn't feel like one person is broadcasting to everyone. Yeah. It feels like everyone in that community. Is- everyone puts effort to help. Like yesterday yeah. only I asked uh, if anyone knows um, Chumbak founder Shubra mm-hmm. because I want to. Mm-hmm. Uh, bring her on the podcast mm-hmm. I love the brand yeah. I just love the brand yeah. there is not a single time when I'm on streets yeah. and there is one Chum- Chumbak store I see and I don't get yeah. into I won't buy I'll just 
I have to get yeah. inside the store. I'll yeah. just check out everything. It's like so satisfying <laughs> experience for me. So yeah. I, I, I have always wanted to have her on the podcast, but okay. I was not in touch. Yeah. And then Divya. Baiju's founder yeah. replied to me and she like uh, uh, then uh, she said she'll connect me with Shubhra and then she messaged me on DM and then she was like um, kya kaam hai se karke so I just uh, the, uh, shared the reference and then she shared the number that you directly baat kar lo se and that was so like yeah something I could like I was feeling bad ki yaar ye log bolenge har din ye to kuch na kuch pushe lagte hai iska zada ho raha hai ye zada fayda utha rhi hai group ka no no and then no, she helped yeah and, and you're providing value right yeah. like you're helping people share their stories yeah. so I think they recognize that and it's wonderful that you know in the middle of being so busy she's still able to yes, do that that's amazing um, yeah, I was just going to say, like, I'm sorry I missed that message, but I think her kids went to school with my little sister, so my mom also knows. Them, oh. so I, but I, you're already connected, so that's great. Yeah, I'm just waiting for her message, so if yeah. she doesn't reply, I'll yeah. message. Yeah, we'll catch her at the school <laughs> pickup point then, yeah. You have yeah. to be shameless and yeah. you have to be, like, I'm, like, messaging everyone every day. Like, it takes, like, I think, 20, 30 percent of my time i'm just yeah. cold reaching to people and i'm just figuring out a way stalking everyone on linkedin ki acha ye iska connection hai zara whatsapp pe puchte connected ho ki nahi yeah yeah nice it was very nice talking to you rithik sir thank you so much for joining us nice to have been here thank you so much